Hello and welcome to the Greenhouse Church Podcast. My name is Benj Gould and I'm the lead pastor. We are all about creating an environment where anyone can follow the way of Jesus. So we hope that this teaching helps you on your way. Uh, We are continuing our series called Immersed in Scripture. At the start of the year, we're just looking at uh, what it means to be a follower of Jesus and hold this weird ancient text in our hand and how we should think about it and handle it. Um, When I was a youth pastor, I I used to work in schools and I used to teach scripture. I used to get like, you know, all of year eight and teach them scripture and then all of year nine and teach them scripture. And one of the students asked me one day, have you ever read like the whole Bible from like the front to back? I said, yes, actually, like multiple times. And he goes, why? Why would you read it more than once? Like, once you've read a book, you don't need to read it again, right? He's like, why would you read it again? And to be honest, I didn't really have a good answer for him. It's just like something we do as Christians, right? We just keep reading the Bible. What a weird thing. Like, we just read it every day? Like, is that what you're meant to do? Just keep, keep reading it? Um, I want to bring Vince up just for a second, because he's doing something, and there might be a microphone with Sienna here. Um, He's doing something called The Shred. And I would like to know, Vince, what The Shred is. It's on, apparently. Bible from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 21-22 in 30 days or less. Or less. Or less. So the whole Bible in 30 days. The whole, like the, all of it? Yeah, yeah. All of it. Every, every, well, <laughs> I do skip over bits. What do you skip over? <laughs> the, the genealogies. <laughs> the genealogies, yeah. Um, how, many, how many chapters a day is that of reading? Uh, between like 35 or something and 70 odd. <laughs> like, I mean, there's Psalms that are two verses. That's a whole chapter. Yes, yeah, yeah. So. 35 to 70 chapters. How long does that take you? Do you read it or Each. do you listen to it? I listen to it. You listen to it. I, you introduced me to that yeah. last year. How many hours yeah, of listening a day is that? Um, well, I think probably one and a half to two, but that depends on how disciplined or, or restrained one is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's good. I did, I did it last year. I didn't have the guts to do it again this year in January, but why... You, <laughs> why? Were, you were busy. Yes, you that's right. Busy. That's right. I'm, yeah. Why would you do that? Why would you put yourself through that, 30, 35 to 70 chapters a day? Well, um, the plan encourages the reader to flex to their mates and share what they've learned. <laughs> to flex, yeah, yeah. So flexing rights, okay, number one, that's good. Uh, and you've done that in front of everyone, perfect, tick that <laughs> off. Yeah. Uh, but I do... It Was that also a flex when you said 30 days or less? Yeah. Have you finished, have you done it? No. You haven't finished it. No. I've st- but you want to do it in less than 30 I'm days. starting the New Testament today which is, I think, a okay. day early. Yeah, a day early. Yeah. Flex, yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, I do it to remind myself of what Scripture says in broad brush strokes um, without taking a whole year to do it. Mm. Because, uh, so for the last couple of, year, couple of years, from February to December, I've been able to spend my Bible reading time on smaller, more focused Bible reading plans and 
and things. Yeah. So it's a different way of reading yeah. scripture. You're kind of just smashing through and looking for like broad themes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's the advantage of doing that that way? Well, there's a few. Um, so an analogy I, I sort of came up with was uh, it's like an artwork. If you look at it really close, you can see detail really well, mm. but you can't see the picture. Mm. If you look at a picture a long way away, you can't really see the details, but you can see what it is. Yeah. Like it's a landscape or It's beautiful. House. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Thank you. Legend, you get a round of applause for uh, attempting the shred. We, are you going to do it again next January? If anyone wants to join next January, you've got a whole whole year to like psych yourself up to it. Yeah, it is good. I actually really enjoyed it. I did it last year, and um, it is hard. It's a lot of reading, but you do just see things that you don't see when you read in other ways. Um, Psalm chapter one. As we look at this question, why would we read and reread the Bible? Psalm chapter one gives us a a good foothold on what that is. It says, "Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked." Or stand in the way of, in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord. That word law, it translates to story or Torah. It means the first five books of the, of the Bible, um, or we could just say scripture. Those whose whose delight is in scripture of the Lord, and who meditates on this law, on this story, day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so with the wicked. They are like chaff. I love that word, chaff. They're like chaff. They get blown away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. A little psalm at the start of the collection of 150 books of 150 chapters of Psalms. It says there is two paths. It's 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 setting you up at the at the start of this whole book. There's two paths. There's the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked. And the way of the righteous, it says that they're going to be like a tree planted by streams of living water. They will produce fruit. They will be uh, producing fruit in and out of season. But those who are in the way of the wicked, which is a word we don't really use that much, are like chaff. They kind of get blown around. So it's like this two images, someone that gets kind of blown around by life and someone who's like firm and planted and stable and producing good things. And the difference between the righteous and the wicked, and those words, they're very bible words. Righteous just means like right relationship with people. Wicked means wrong relationship with people. Your relationships are a mess. The difference between the righteous and the wicked is that the righteous meditate on the law of the Lord. The righteous meditate on the story of God. The righteous meditate on scriptures. And I, I don't know what you've thought about that word meditate. It means a lot of things at the moment. But when, when it talks about that in, in the scriptures, what it usually means is to like ponder over it, to chew it. It's like the, the Hebrew word literally means to, to chew, to chew over the story of scripture. It's an interesting metaphor. Um, 
but we, we've all done this. Like, we all meditate on words. I don't know if you've ever received, like, that email that, like, you know, gets you a bit prickly or the text message that someone sent and you, like, you chew it over. You're like, what did they mean when they said that? How am I going to respond to this? What am I going to say? How am I going to, like, refute their argument? Um, what, what, did, what's that, what tone were they using there? You know, you know. Have you ever done that? I don't know. Is it just me that does that? Now, everyone does that, right? We all like meditate over words, and that's what it means to meditate over scripture, to chew it over. What does it mean? What tone is it using? How do I respond to this? How will this change the way I interact with the world around me? And the title of the message this morning is uh, "Lifelong Literature." That scripture, the Bible, is meant to be lifelong literature. Literature. It's meant to be chewed on and meditated on and read over and over again. So why would we do that? They know that question that young person asked me. Why would you read the Bible over and over again? I've got three quick reasons for that. Number one is, this is what we looked at last week, it's because it's God-breathed. The Bible is living. It is alive. It's a living organism. Hebrews says that the, the Word of God is alive and active. One, uh, 2 Timothy talks about the Bible being God-breathed just like humans are God-breathed. It is a living, breathing book, and there's something incredible about that. It can produce thriving life in us. The second reason is because it is multifaceted. It's multifaceted. The Jews who are responsible for producing the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, they have this saying, and I've said it here a bunch of times, I think... Um, Ethan said it a couple of weeks ago, is the Bible or Torah or the law of God is like a 70-faced gemstone. You turn it and turn it for everything is found in it. And you look at it from different ways and different angles. And that person reads it differently and sees it from a different perspective. And the more we read it and the, and the different places we are in life, the different, we, the different perspectives we see of the scriptures, and it can continue to speak to us even the same story over and over again. And we get to look at it with questions and complexity, and how does that person read it? How does that person see it? What does it mean now in 2022? How does it change uh, the way that I look at it? And the third reason, and this is probably the most important one, is because the Bible is really complex. It is a hard book to read and master. It is an ancient book written thousands of years ago, written over the span of 1,500 years, Three different languages, three different continents, 40 different authors, 66 different books, um, different contexts, different uh, cultures, all sorts of stuff going on. It takes a lifetime worth of reading to learn and explore this book with one another. I don't know if anyone's seen that movie Tenet. Anyone seen it? A few people? Tenet. It's a, um, it's a Christopher Nolan movie, and I love Christopher Nolan because he's like, he's just so out there with his movies and, and just very smart. But it's a movie, sort of a spoiler, I suppose, but it's kind of showing the same story forwards and backwards at the same time. Um, it's very, very interesting, well worth the watch. You need to watch it a few times because it's hard to get your head around. It's kind of like the Bible. like it's, You need to watch it and read it back again and again to begin to sort of see it and, and see what's really going on. And the idea of Tenet has come from, um, and there's a, yes, this is called the, the Seder Square, and um, this was found in Pompeii, in the ruins, 
uh, and it's been found all over churches and cathedrals uh, for thousands of years, really. And what you'll see, this is like a thing for, for meditation. It's incredible. And they, they think the Christians use it as a meditation pr- um, practice. You see the top word there says Seder, and you read it down. It says Arepo, Tenet, Opera, Rotas. But then if you read it backwards the other way, it says Seder, Arepo, Tenet, Opera, Rotas. But then if you read it like from top to bottom, it says Rotas, Opera, Tenet, Arepo, Seder, and then like up, Rotas, Opera, Tenet, Arepo, Seder. Like every which way you read it, it says the same thing, which is really incredible. And it's kind of like the Bible. It's like this complex thing that you're meant to read and reread. And it uses patterns over and over again. It's like this continual thing that's kind of referencing itself. And, you know, when Jesus comes, you go back and you read the Old Testament and see it in light of what Jesus has done. And there's just so much back and forward going. And it's like this living, breathing, complex piece of Scripture that is worth meditating on, chewing over, getting inside of you. And so I just want to give you this morning three ways if you are a follower of Jesus and you want to meditate on Scripture, these are three ways to meditate on Scripture, three ways to help you do this. Number one is to understand the genre and the context. Any Marvel movie fans out there? One, two, three, four, yeah. I'm not with you. I'm not a fan. Uh, but uh, it, it is impressive. I just feel like it's too late now. There's like 50 movies, and I don't understand what's going on. I went with Jeremy Jones and a friend, Mitch, um, to see Spider-Man 3, and I hadn't seen the other ones. I'd seen the first one, but I hadn't seen like Endgame and Avengers and all those other things. And it is a really interesting movie to watch. I don't know if you've ever experienced walking into a Marvel movie when you haven't watched all of them, is you can kind of understand what's going on but there's so many references and, like, hyperlinks to other things. And, like, certain characters walk in and, like, the whole, like, cinema, like, erupts with praise and laughter. And, like, you're like, what's going on? There's so much just, like, that goes straight over your head if you don't understand the whole kind of universe, the whole context of what's going on. It's like the Bible. And you can read it. This is, like, what Vince was saying. It's, like, you can look at it close up and see a detail and, like, appreciate it and, like, see the story of it. Or you can see it far away. But there's just so much going on. And the more you look at it, the more you understand it, the more you kind of can cross-reference and see the, the, the hyperlinks and the patterns going on, the more you see there is context going on. And there's just, it's kind of like the Marvel Universe. It's like the, what the Scriptures are. There's just like the more you learn, the more you see the beauty of Scripture and what God has been writing through generation after generation. It's kind of like... Understanding the right genre, because some people want to read the Bible the same way the whole way through, but different books are written in different genres. So it's kind of like if you picked up a shopping list, you found someone's shopping list on the side of the road, um, and you read that as a recipe, right? It kind of works, like you could just put all those things in a meal, but maybe it wouldn't work, depends on the recipe. And sometimes we want to read the Bible like it's a, like it's a recipe, but maybe it's a shopping list. Or maybe we want to read it like a shopping list, but it's a recipe. Do you understand? We want, to, we want to read our context into it, but we need to understand what the original purpose of the genre and the book was to really understand the purpose of what it's saying. 
And so the way that we learn about genre is, is through scholars and theologians and pastors and other Christians that are helping us see this thing in the context that it should be, to understand that there's a whole lot of stuff going on around the Bible. Um, you know, there's letters by Paul written to specific situations, to specific people. The Bible is for us, but it's not written to us. We're not the original recipients, and that changes things. The second thing, the second way to help us meditate on Scripture is, uh, number two, finding patterns. The Bible is just pattern after pattern. Um, Tim Mackey from the Bible Project, he calls it hyperlinks. You know, like when you go on a website, you go on Wikipedia or whatever, and there's hyperlinks to the other kind of websites and different things going on. The Bible is full of that, except we don't have the uh, luxury of it being highlighted and we can just click on it. Um, and so the more you read Scripture and notice Scripture, the more you see there are just links in and out everywhere, all through. And that's kind of, you know, if you read the Bible in 30 days, you can see those large picture things. Or if you, you know, spend a year reading one, one verse, you can uncover, like, just so much. And it's very complex like that. But the Bible kind of plays off and, and patterns itself after itself all the time. And so you'll notice that, like, you just follow any theme, um, people at a well, right? If you just look at all the stories of people at a well, you'll see this kind of like image and story emerge. If you look at um, the story of every woman that's been barren and gives birth, like there is, a, there is like these, these riffs and plays off one another. And so by the time you get to Mary and Elizabeth, Elizabeth who's barren, she gives birth, there's like all this context that's going on through the story of Scripture, um, and Jesus constantly does this. He constantly links to the Old Testament. He constantly references things and gives little images and stories of what's going on. And there's like so much going on. The third way that I find really helpful in, in meditating on Scripture, it's memorization. It's to actually memorize Bible verses. Um, you know, the Scriptures that have impacted me most in my life are the ones that I've memorized. Uh, because what you can do is you can like chew on it as you're just going through everyday life. You can think about it. I, I have, have memorized the fruit of the Spirit for a long time, and so I can think about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's just like do that over again, over and over again, and there's like there's more you see and notice. And when I go to pray for someone, like that stuff, that scripture that I've memorized just comes up as I can pray for others and pray with authority in that sense. There's a little story in Ezekiel chapter 3 where Ezekiel is having this vision of God and God gives him a scroll and he says, eat, eat the scroll. And he eats it and it tastes like honey. And it says, um, God says to Ezekiel, he says, let the words sink deep into your heart first and then go and speak them. He's saying, eat the scroll, meditate on it, chew over it, let it, let it like integrate into your body and who you are, and then it will come out of you. You know, Jesus, when Jesus was tempted in the desert, he spoke scripture. When Jesus was teaching, he spoke scripture that he had memorized as a child. When he was crucified, he spoke scripture. There was just like scripture like flowing out of him. It was part of a culture that would learn, like, you know, if you were a kid, you would go to school, but you wouldn't, like, learn maths. You would just memorize the whole of the first five Bibles, of, of the first five books of the Bible. And it was, like, just in people. 
meant to like memorize it and live it and embody it. I reckon that's a pretty incredible thing. Scripture. It is lifelong literature meant to be read over, poured over, discussed, looked at in different ways, memorized, seen patterns of, understand the genre and the context. This thing is alive and active. I just want to read Psalm chapter 1 over to you one more time. And the, uh, the band can come up. Just in the silence of this moment, why don't you just close your eyes? I want to let this wash over you. Psalm chapter 1. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. But not the wicked. They are like chaff scattered by the wind. They'll be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly. But the path of the wicked leads to destruction. But not the righteous. They delight in the law bearing fruit each season, their leaves never wither, and they prosper. It's my prayer for you, that you will be planted, that you would prosper, that your leaves wouldn't wither, you'd bear fruit in season. So Lord, I pray that for those of us that really do want to follow you, that this book, this library of scriptures would get deep into our heart. Just like that vision you gave Ezekiel, that we might chew on your words. They might go into the depths of our souls and become part of who we are. And just like Jesus, as we're faced with trial and teaching moments, moments that are hard in life, moments where we're tempted, that scripture would just come out of us. Help us to be those trees.